Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. I love that when I got up here, everyone got quiet and sat down. I don't think you guys do that for Brandon, so I appreciate the respect. Well, I think Pastor Brandon and Pastor Meredith are watching, so hello, Pastor Meredith and Brandon. Don't worry, my feelings aren't hurt that you guys skipped out on the day that I get to be up here. I thought we were best friends, but whatever. All my best friends are here. (laughs) Just kidding. I love you guys. Donnie was so right, man. They deserve that rest, and I don't think I understood, obviously, I knew the weight that they carried, but the weight that Brandon, Pastor Brandon carries, like getting up here every week and having to prepare a word for everyone, I mean, I don't know how he does it. He does an incredible job. He knocks out of the park every time, and so mad props to him for doing that. And so you guys rest, relax, do your thing. Um, I am not, I am not mad, I promise. (laughs) Um, So... I am Talisha, for all of you who don't know, I think I, think I know most of y'all's faces in here, but for y'all who don't know, I'm Talisha. Um, my husband Shane and I are head of Next Steps here at C3, um, so if you're new and you want to know a little bit more about the church, that's us. Um, we'll be starting that back up in September, shameless plug always. Um, so yeah, we've been here, I've been here for several years And I think I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I did kids ministry for several years. I was a youth pastor for several years. Well, I wouldn't say several. A few years with Shane. Felt like, well, I was in youth ministry, but youth pastor for a few uh, years. Uh, That was fun times. Right whenever we got married, we decided to be youth pastors. (laughs) I blame Shane for that one. Um, but yeah, so today uh, I get the honor of being up here and preaching to you guys. It has been a long time since I've been able to do this, so you guys, I appreciate the support that I've already gotten this morning. You guys are so, so encouraging, and uh, Scott reminded me that we are family, and this is like just us sitting around the table hanging out, and I just have the floor. So I was like, dude, yeah, like nobody can say anything to me. I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> This is perfect. I got this. <laughs> like, all worry out the door. <laughs> uh, but no, today I really just want to do something and um, show you guys a side of me that a lot of y'all don't get to see. If you know me, then you know I am a very private person. I don't talk about myself a lot. I don't tell who I am a lot. Well, not who I am, but just like what I'm going through a lot. Um, And so I just want to be open and raw and real with you guys today, if that's okay, if you guys will allow that. I feel like we have a very um, good, good father who wants us to be real and wants us to be raw with him. He wants a real, genuine relationship with us, and he wants us to be able to have a genuine relationship with each other. And I don't know why we get in church when we feel like we have to put on this perfect act Um, Like, we got everything together because most of us don't. We live in a very, very messy world, and we live very, very messy lives. And whenever you are comfortable with sharing your mess, you have no idea what that does for other people to be able to hear that and be able to see that you meet them where they are. Um, 
Revelations 12.11 says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So never be afraid to share what you've gone through, where you've been, no matter how ugly it is, or how little or small you think it is. That's always my problem. Like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Nobody wants to hear what my problems are. And that's, that's my issue. And that's not true at all because it definitely meets people where they are at. Um, so, yeah. If you guys will just allow me to do that and get real with y'all today, um, let's open up in prayer. Dear God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are a good, good father, that you are always and forever here for us, always and forever along on our side. God, we thank you that today um, is the day that you have made, and we are here to praise you and honor you, God. And God, I pray that you just bless this word, God. I pray that this message um, is completely from you, that you just use me um, to speak your words and to be your voice this morning. I pray that you open up the ears and the hearts of everyone um, here at church, that they hear what you have to say to them, that they walk out of here refreshed and renewed by your word, God. We just thank you for all that you do for C3 Fort Worth. We thank you for all that you're going to do for this church, God. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. All right. So uh, the last several weeks, we have been speaking on Psalms. Uh, We're in summer of the Psalms. And it has been complete fire hearing from all of the guests for the women's 5 by 5 which was incredible. Um, Pastor Paul last week, Pastor Aaron Snow out of Atlanta. Like, every week has been so good. And Brandon, of course, you've been good too, but it's just been great to hear from some new, fresh voices in our church. And, and every week, like, I've been taking notes like crazy and just been so inspired. And the other thing about every week is, like, there's been a little bit of, like, Everything that everyone has said, I'm like, ooh, that's a little bit like what I'm going to say or a little bit like what I'm going to talk about. And it kind of makes me second guess, like, do I need to change my message? And then I'm like, no, like, God obviously has something to say to people here at the church, right? He obviously has a message for us, and he knows that it's timely and something that we all need to hear, um, at least some of us. And so um, I just hope that this is for you today. Um, I also hope that this, I'm doing Psalms 23 today, which is a very popular Psalms. A lot of people have heard it, know it, have studied it. Um, So I just hope and pray that if this is not a new Psalms to you, that you are just renewed by it, that you hear it in a fresh way. Um, And if it is new, that I just pray that all of us can walk out of here carrying and being covered by Psalms 23. Um, So we're going to go ahead and read that. If we can throw it up there. I should have y'all read it so I don't have to talk so much, but it's fine. So, y'all, this is out of the easy translation. How many of you guys have ever heard of... This is the easy, right, Jessica? Okay, how many of you guys have ever heard of easy translation? It is bomb. Like, it is so good. I was, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really... Like, I'm not a poem person or a poetry person. I'm not a lyrics person. Like, I just can't get deep, like and understand everything they're always saying. Psalms 23 isn't a hard one, but I just still, like, like people, like, completely interpret, like, a psalm, and I'm like, you saw that in that? Like, how? So I found easy translation. It is on the Bible app, and it is so good because it is, like, 
exactly what it is. It's as simple as you can get it. They don't add any extra anything. It's exactly what it says, exactly what it is. And so, and it's not like the message where they're trying to make it sound like hip and cool. It's just easy. And so, um, the Lord takes care of me like a shepherd with his sheep. I have everything that I need. He takes me to green fields where I can rest. He leads me to streams of water where I can drink. He gives me new strength in my life. He is my guide to the right path. He does this to show that he is good. I may walk through a valley that is dark as death, but I will not fear, I will not be afraid of any danger. This is because you are with me, Lord. You stick, your stick and your shepherd's pole make me feel brave. You prepare a big meal for me while my enemies watch. You put olive oil on my head. You bless me so much that my cup is completely full. I am sure that you will always be good to me. You will love me all the days of my life. That will never change. I will live in the Lord's house for as long as I live. I just love that. I love how simple it is. Um, and it is something like that we just can completely carry over us. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom made us memorize that one whenever we were little. That was like our allowance. Like you memorize a scripture and you get money or whatever. And that's the only one I remember memorizing. So <laughs> it was obviously a good one. Um, so David, during this time, David wrote this psalm as he wrote many of the psalms. And he was a shepherd. That's what he did for an occupation for his life. Before he was King David, he was a shepherd. So he knew a lot about being a shepherd, a lot about the skills of a shepherd, what it required to be a shepherd. And so he knew how to take care of his sheep. He knew that he had to feed his sheep. He had to make sure his sheep were led to be fed, to get their water. He had to find a place for them to rest. He knew exactly what his job entailed. And so he was able to see God in this way, that God is that for us. God makes sure that we have all that we need, that we are taken care of in every way. And um, the thing is, the sheep knew to follow their shepherd, right? The sheep knew that they could trust their shepherd, that their shepherd would give them all that they needed. And we are humans, unfortunately not sheep. Um, we don't always just completely trust God or just completely follow him. We um, sometimes get led astray, um, but luckily he is a good, good shepherd, and he knows how to ring us back in. And I think of like the sheep just following in this perfect line. You might have like one or two who stray, but they just follow their shepherd knowing where to go. And I think when I think of humans, I literally think of about 11, 15, 11, 30, 11 o'clock, whenever we let the kids out of the kids area and they go just crazy and out there and we got to like try and keep them in the gates. And then I don't know how many times on a Sunday after church, I'm like, I don't know where my son is. I have no idea where he is. Like I'm in the middle of a conversation and I have to walk away because I have no idea what he's doing or where he's at. And so I just see that like us humans doing that same thing to God. Like we're just going crazy. And luckily, you know, he's He's God. <laughs> Luckily, he's not a human being trying to wrangle us here together. Um, and I think that's because we, we don't have complete trust in God. Um, and the reason we don't always have complete trust in God is because we see God like us, like a human. And he's so much bigger than that. But we don't have complete trust in each other. 
Um, so I have a funny story to prep. Um, so when Shane and I were dating, we were doing a trust fall. Y'all know what a trust fall is, right? Where someone puts their arms out and catches you. You have to fall back. And you just have to go straight back. Like, that's when you trust them, right? You go straight back. You don't break or whatever. You trust them. Well, we were doing trust fall, and I was catching Shane. And when I do trust falls, and I'm the person catching, I always, like, wait the, like, last little bit to catch them so that they, like, you know, freak out kind of. But I'm like, no, I got you. I'm here. Well, I didn't realize that Shane was, like, solid muscle, and a lot more solid than I thought. <laughs> so Shane also didn't realize how much Shane trusted me because this boy went straight back. Like he did not try to like give her anything. He completely trusted me. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get him like last second. And I did not get him at all. <laughs> like flat on his back. Yeah. And somehow he still married me. I don't. I don't know how he even gained any kind of trust with me after that, but he did. But you see, the thing with God is, God is not me. <laughs> God, um, God always has his arms out. He's always not only ready to catch you, but his arms are already under you, supporting you. Like, his, he can carry any weight that you have, any weight that you have on you. Like, God's prepared. God is ready. He's already got you. Um, God leads us in life, so we can trust him always. He not only leads us, he's not only the perfect shepherd that leads us, but he has gone before us. He has gone ahead of us. He already sees where we're going and what's there. And I learned this very important lesson of how to have complete trust in God um, by doing the opposite and not listening to God um, and not allowing him to lead me. Um, and it was a tough lesson to learn. Um, but I, I learned from that by not listening to God that he is there for me, that thankfully he loves me more than I can ever love myself, and he has better for me than I could ever imagine for myself. And during this time, I didn't care that God had better and God had told me he had better, but I was like, you know what, I'm still going to do my own thing. So it was several years ago, in my mid-20s, and I was... Um, actually a youth leader here with John, Kristen, Pastor Meredith, Pastor Brandon, all of us doing the youth thing. And we, uh, I was in a relationship and um, the person was away. They were in the Navy and we were away in Colorado and it was at desperation camp. And if y'all have ever been to youth camp, I don't know if y'all have been to youth camp, but there is nothing like worship at youth camp. I mean, it is insane how like the pre I think just all the kids, like, just give it all to God. Like, everyone there just gives it all to God. And so the presence of God is so full. The Holy Spirit is just there. And so I remember being in the middle of worship, and um, I just remember the Holy Spirit. I mean, I heard it like it was someone whispering in my ear, and it was so clear, and I knew exactly what it was. In the middle of worship, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to end your relationship. And I was like, I mean, it shocked me. I just stopped where I was um, because I've never, one, heard the Holy Spirit speak to me just, like, so clearly like that. And also because I was like, what? Like, this is, 
out of left field. Like, I'm not only in this relationship, but things are good. Like, there's no reason to end it. And the person was in the Navy, and they were about to be home for, like, good, like, done with what they were doing. And so I was so confused. I remember just going home and being in the Word and praying and just asking God why and and just trying to find my way out. And so I decided that I was just not going to listen to God. In fact, I didn't just decide I wasn't going to listen to God. I said, God, I literally said this to God. If you want this relationship to end, you're going to have to end it yourself. <sighs> and um, I will never say that again. <laughs> if God tells me to do something, I might struggle, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Because that was probably one of the most painful experiences of my life. Because it wasn't even, it's not like God like was like, okay, went and told the other person. It was just like in the worst way, the worst kind of breakup that could happen. Um, and I struggled for the longest time with this breakup for probably about a year or so. I was just in so much pain and just so heartbroken. I mean like that physical, like your heart aches, heartbroken by this. And I could have avoided this by just listening to God. And sometimes we make these decisions on our own that we think is best for ourselves. And that was my thing. It's like, I was like, God, I don't care if you have better for me. I don't, I don't care. Like, this is good enough. And God's like, no, trust me. I have better. I have the best for you. And I just, I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't having it. And so, um, the thing is that I didn't realize was that, again, God goes before us, and he knows what's to come. And I chose to go through this pain, through this grief, without God on my side because I ran the opposite direction. Sometimes we still may go through pain and grief and struggle or struggle in life or a hard decision, but God's there alongside you, taking care of you, giving you the comfort and the provision that you need in that. And I decided to do it without all of that, without the assurance that I was going to make it through. Um, and so about a year and a half later, I was finally healed. I was good. Um, I'd moved on. And so it was about a year and a half later. And um, very sadly, um, the person that was in the relationship actually, like, in all sense of the word, literally, like, lost his mind and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, like, mental institution, like, all of that stuff. And it was something that just, like, sparked. Just one day it hit. And, like, I then knew that God, like, saw this. I knew that God had seen this and he had seen what would my life would have looked like if, say, I had married this person and ended up, like, having to live in that and live with that. And he knew that he had something better for me down the road. And so whenever that happened, I could, all I could think was just, like, thank God you saved me. <laughs> um, so you better believe that whenever Shane came around, I prayed and prayed and prayed, <laughs> like, God, if this is it, like, is this it? Are, are you sure? God, like, let me know. I don't want to do this wrong. Like, I prayed. I was like, give me a burning bush, something to allow me to know I'm allowed to be in this relationship and marry this guy. And he did. He really did. He showed me. Like, I remember praying about it because I knew it was getting close to the time where we were going to get engaged and all that. And so I remember praying. Like, I wanted to make sure I was on the right track here. And I prayed. And I remember walking into work the next day. And this girl who I wasn't really even friends with 
said, hey, I um, was praying last night and God told me he wanted me to let you know that you have his peace. And I was just like, I mean, it was crazy. Um, so I knew. I knew Shane was the one from that point on. Um, and I was on the right track. Still know it. <laughs> um, when we go astray, like I said, we, we, when we go astray, we are putting the suffering on ourselves By not listening to God's guidance, you're only causing more pain. And you might, like I said, go through the pain, but he is there alongside you. Um, he is there to protect you, to do whatever it takes to get you through. Isaiah 45, 2 says, um, the Lord says, I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron, and I will give you your treasures hidden in the dark place, darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you know that I am Lord of God the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And I just love that part because just think like no matter what you're facing, no matter what God's asking you to do or what you're going through, what struggle you're going through, God is going to smash down gates of bronze. You can have complete trust that God is going to cut through the bars of iron. You can have complete trust that God is, has treasures hidden in the darkness that you're standing in and secret riches. And you can have complete trust that he is doing this for your good, but also for his namesake, that people will see this and see that wow, that's a good God. Like, that's a God that I can follow. And so he's going to have the best for you so that others can come and follow alongside. And I just, I'm right now, again, back in that trust place in my own personal life. Like, just being real, I, God has something for me that he wants me to do. And I know some of us, like, we have these dreams and ideas um, that God's calling you to, but you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. That doesn't seem possible. That's too hard. But then you have to remember, you can have complete trust that he's going to go before you, and he's already made the way for you to do that. So you just have to listen to him. You just have to follow your perfect shepherd. Um, and whenever you question him, I love this part because obviously I was like argued with God. It says, what sorrows awaits for those who argue with the creator. And it, sorrow awaits, guys. Um, does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does a clay pot dispute with one, the one who shapes it, saying, stop what you're doing, you're doing it wrong? Like, how many times do we say that to God in our own way? Like, no, that's not right. Um, does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? God, what are you doing? Why has this not happened yet? Like, what are you doing up there? Like, just wasting our time? Come on. How terrible it would be for a newborn baby to say to his father, why was I born? And say to its mother, why did you make me this way? I just can't imagine Maxwell ever saying things like that to me. I would, oh, man. <laughs> but we, how many times do we do things like that to God by questioning what he's asking us to do or calling us to or what we're going through? We just question God as if he's got it wrong. And this is why the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and your creator, do you question what I do for my children do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I just imagine God saying this so sassy. I am the one who made the earth and created people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens, all of the stars at my command. I will raise up Cyrus to fulfill my righteous purpose 
and I will guide his actions. And that is the same for y'all. Replace that with your name. I will raise up Shane to fulfill my righteous purpose. I will raise up Megan to fulfill my righteous purpose. I will raise up Kristen to fulfill my righteous purpose, and I will guide their actions. He will restore my city and free my captive people without seeking a reward. He will restore Fort Worth, Texas. He will restore this country. He will restore this world and set his captives free without seeking a reward. Because I have I, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. He is going to give, he's going to get all the glory and all the honor. So he's only doing all of this because he loves you and wants the best for you. He will never take you down a road or a place that he can't bring you out of. We just have to have complete trust. And we have that complete trust. We can walk into whatever we're about to face. And that's why it's so important. We have to remember that with God, we lack nothing. His promises stand true. He wants nothing but the best for us. His guidance and plans for our lives will lead to something bigger, bigger than our wildest dreams, guys. Think about the best thing and the biggest thing for your life. Like, God's already got something down the road lined up for you, probably better than what you could do if you just have complete trust and follow your good and perfect shepherd. Psalm 23 reminds us that he guides us, reminds us that he guides us along the right paths for his name's sake. It will only benefit you. And your testimony will lead others to him. And you just have to trust that he's always going to come through. So what does it look like to have complete trust whenever we get there? It looks like spending time in his presence um, through prayer, through worship through the word. I know so many times just through worship that I felt the presence of God and I felt like everything was going to be okay. And when we have that complete trust in him, that we can hold that feeling all the time, not just in moments, not in just the moments of worship. That's why we got to make sure that we're spending time with him in prayer, in worship, and in the word. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit Ask God to show you, and he will. He'll show you through friends, through wise counsel, and in the moments with him, in the moments in his presence. I remember, um, it wasn't that long ago, Mallory, hey Mal, uh, (laughs) her and I used to, well, we still do, but we talk all the time about like what we were going through and um, struggling with fertility issues. And I just remember telling her, like, trust me, like, God has the perfect timing. And whenever you're going through something, like, you don't want to hear those cliche things. But I just knew because I'd already experienced it. I'm like, God has the perfect timing. Like, you just have to be patient in the way. I know it sucks, but he has the perfect timing. I remember telling her that for me, like, going through infertility for years, I was just, like, so over it. Um, But in the end, I realized the time was perfect. It took four years uh, for Shane and I to have Maxwell, and whenever I did get pregnant, I got pregnant within like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks of my two best friends, and I was like, oh my gosh, like God, you did have the perfect timing. I get to do this with my two best friends, and like we get to do it the exact same time of each other. Our boys get to grow up the exact same age, and I remember telling her that, and I'm like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you and Megan, her best friend, could end up pregnant together, and Megan wasn't even dating Hector at the time or anything. And so I just remember telling her that. I was like, you just don't know his timing is perfect. Well, Mallory being pregnant the same time as her best friend Megan and just being like, also the 
the same time as me, her other best friend. Like, how cool is that? Like, God is good. Like, he is so good. He has the perfect timing. Like, it, it fell exactly how we spoke it. And so, like, special time for her, and it was just the perfect time. And so we just have to have that complete trust and spend, spend that time in his presence. Seek out help. Seek out wise counsel, people who are going to speak truth into your life. Um, speak that truth into your life. And don't worry. Like, relax. If you get off track, if you're afraid you're not on the correct path, God's going to recorrect you. He's going to put you back on that right path if you're in his presence and seeking him. Um, so you should have peace with the direction that you're going in. And you have to wait on him. And sometimes you don't know how long that wait's going to take. But you just have to be willing to wait on him. Because in the wait, the Lord builds hope and strength. So <laughs> in verse 4, it talks about walking through the valley of death. I hate taking drinks of water on stage, but you just have to. I'm sorry. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of death, I will not be afraid when you're in a valley, you're not just having a bad day. When you're in this dark valley, you are in a bad time, a bad season. Things are just not going right. You are struggling. You are hurting. You're probably full of pain. You're feeling alone. And the worst part for me is waiting. The worst part for me is not knowing when will I get out of this valley? When will I get out of this season? This seems like it's never going to end. And it's not even that it's just so dark. It's that I am being hurt over and over and over again. I feel the pain over and over and over again. That I am going through this sickness or whatever it is without healing, without a good diagnosis, without any good news, with just bad news over and over again. But it's also in those times that we find hope. And you find hope in those times because you want better. But it's a constant battle when you're in the dark valley between hope and despair. And hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for certain things to happen. And so I put a lot of, used to, put a lot of weight in just the word hope. Because I thought like hope was something like you hope hard enough, like a wish, like you wish hard enough, you hope hard enough and it's going to happen. And when it doesn't, you're disappointed and you're like, I didn't hope hard enough. It was all on me. But that's not how hope works. Hope is a feeling that leads you to actions. Um, and whenever you have complete hope, you put that complete hope in Jesus Christ. And whenever you have despair, despair just leaves you in the darkness. Despair is without hope. Despair leaves you in the darkness. It paralyzes you. It um, covers you with fear and just keeps you in that dark place. But having hope in Jesus, having hope in the good shepherd is knowing that he will complete what he has begun, right? That he will lead you out of the valley. You can have confidence that the things that you hope for and put hope for in Jesus that his will will be done in that. In Psalm 37, 4, it tells us that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he gives us the desires of our heart. That if we spend time with our Father, that if we spend time trusting him, then, then what we want in our lives should come from him. That the desires that you have for your life should come from him. Your hopes and dreams should come from him. 
And so you just may have to wait in that, but you know, and you have the hope and the complete hope that it comes from him. And you can rest in that. You can rest in his comfort. You can rest in his presence. It is in that valley, the valley where you're holding on to complete hope, where there is no fear. There's no fear in that valley because you are surrounded by a good and a perfect shepherd. Um, your hope in him leads you to the light. It leads you to see the end. Um, I always wondered what David was going through when he wrote Psalm 23, because if you read Psalm 22, it does not have the same sentiment as Psalm 23. It's one of those Psalms where like, you know, you're mad at God and you're angry and you're cursing in the name of God. God, where are you? So that's Psalm 22. And then he goes into Psalm 23. Where he's like, God, you have all that I need. And it's like, what, what, what happened there? Um, but obviously, clearly, David was going through a dark trial when he was in Psalm 22. And I believe that in that trial is where David learned to hold on to complete hope. I believe that in that trial is where David learned that, wait, I'm not on my own. God is here. God does have me. I think it was in that trial in 22 that David was like, I have all that I need. I made it through this. And sometimes we go through stuff. We go through these trials and we look around and it's in that place that we're like, oh, wait, God, you are here for me. You, you, you do love me. <laughs> you are good and faithful because I am making it through this or I have made it through this. I do have all that I need. And I know that's all easier said than done. But I also know from fact and from experience that it is true. And it's not just one of those things that you say to make people feel better. I truly believe that if we cover ourselves with the words of Psalm 23, if we just remember that and we remember to have that complete trust and that complete hope, that we will begin to be covered with complete peace. And it's going to get you guys. I know like we all in this world, every single person in this room is going to go through dark times or has gone through dark times or is in the middle of a dark time, in a dark valley, in a pit, in a place that is just full of darkness. And it might be you hate your job and you need something new. It might be a broken relationship, a broken marriage. It might be your finances crumbling. It might be um, you're struggling with infertility. It might be that you're lonely and you are like, where's my spouse? Um, it might be that everything in your world is falling apart in every corner. And obviously we can go on with the problems that we carry in this life and that we might be carrying right now. And you might say, I don't see God. God's not here. There's no way he's allowing me to go through this. But we just have to trust in him. Trust in God that he is there. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. Because sometimes when you're in those circumstances, when you're in those dark valleys, all you're doing is looking at your circumstances in your dark valley. Whenever you're thinking God's not here, it's because you're too busy looking at all the bad and terrible things, the struggle, the confusion that you have. Um, you're not looking for God. And God is there. God's presence is there. God is standing beside you. God is carrying you. And in that, you will realize if you just look for God, 
that he has all that you need, that he has your breakthrough, that he has your victory. When you look at God in your bad circumstances, you realize that you have a good shepherd that is trying to lead you out of it, that is trying to lead you to where you need to go, that is trying to lead you out of the valley but you're so consumed by your circumstances. You're so consumed by what you're going through. In Psalm 42, 11, it says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. And when we, Shane and I, were going through um, infertility uh, for four years uh, before Maxwell, it was probably it not probably it was like the darkest time for me and it was just like I said hurt after hurt disappointment after disappointment um for four years just nothing nothing and we tried treatments and everything and it was painful whenever those things fail and so it begins to consume you and a phrase that you commonly hear whenever you're going through fertility is it will happen just wait just don't think about it just don't stress about it and that's like telling someone who's going through something to just not breathe because you can't help it you're just so consumed it is in your every thought it's all you think about it's in your every action it's all your you just want it so so bad and so I was so consumed by it that I was in despair and it was a battle between hope and despair and some days I had more hope but many days I had, a, I, was, I was just losing that hope and falling into despair. And for me, that's where I had to learn to have complete hope in Jesus. But it didn't happen naturally. It didn't happen overnight. And I remember actually, um, I told Shelby I was going to talk about her today. And she already knows this. I've told her this. So I think I'm good. <laughs> but I remember when Shelby, and I mean, the worst part about going through that and trying to get pregnant is hearing when other people get pregnant. And it just breaks you every time. It just does something. You lose a piece of you every time you hear that. And it's not the fault at the person. You're not mad at the person or upset at the person. You just hurt because it's not happening for you. And so I remember when Shelby told me she was pregnant with her second boy. And we were at church and hanging out at front as we do. And she was so excited and told me she was pregnant again. And oh my gosh, I just felt the darkness like take over. And I just like, it was like, I don't know if it really was a cloudy day, but like it was cloudy in my mind. Like it just became cloudy. And I remember being so angry, so mad and like viciously angry. Not at Shelby. I love you, Shelby. I can never be mad at you. So angry at God. Like so mad. Like that was the breaking point. Like what are you doing? This is not fair anymore. And just being so mad at him and just like psalming him, you know, like the angry psalms. Writing that psalm that's like, where are you? Curse you, God. Like I just, the hurt. And that changed me. I remember people coming up to me and be like, what's, what's wrong? Like you just aren't the same. You just seem different. And it's because I had no joy. It was gone. It was sucked out of me. Like from that point on, and it wasn't just that, it was just that was the breaking point, I think, that like there was nothing, there was no more hope left in me. And of course I was still trying, but I was just so heartbroken, so hurt that it consumed me. It took over me. And uh, it's so crazy because I guess it was probably like, 
I don't know, seven or eight months later, seven months later, we'll say, and we were at Shelby's shower, and um, just a little disclaimer, please don't hate me for this, I don't like showers at all, like any kind of shower, I just don't, unless it's for me, I just don't like it, I can't, I I don't know why, I, I, I try to enjoy myself and have a good time, but I mean, I can't get too excited about the stuff, especially if it's a wedding shower. Baby showers, at least some of the stuff is cute, but I just, I hate showers. And so during this time, like I was such a bad sport at showers. I would just sit there with a chip on my shoulder because I'm like, I don't want to be here anyways. So I'm not even going to participate or pretend to have fun. Um, but somehow I think I would help throw Shelby's shower. I don't know how y'all wrangled me into that or how I agreed. I think I agreed because I had Kristen on my side. I, that's probably what it was. I was like, I got Kristen, I'm good. And y'all, like from that morning on, I don't know what it was, but I was happy. I didn't mind being there. I was like, oh, that's different. Um, but I, I remember this moment. I don't know why I'm gonna cry, but Shelby opened a onesie and she was just holding it like as if she was holding her baby. And I was like, oh my gosh that's going to be me one day. And like instantly, peace came over me. And from that point on, I was not consumed. I was released from whatever that darkness was. I was, I was in complete peace with Jesus. From that point on, I didn't care. I did. I wanted to still get pregnant, but I didn't care. Like it wasn't like this heartbreaking thing anymore. It was just like hopeful thing. Like, oh, I'm going to get pregnant soon. Like, it's going to happen. I don't know if it will happen in a year or whatever, but it's going to happen. It was this, this sudden hope, this sudden peace in Jesus that came over me. And it wasn't like immediate. It was, it was a few months. And, but it was like, I knew I could trust God completely in that. I had complete hope and that hope led me to actions. It led Shane and I to actions and decisions that we needed to make. Um, I remember us fasting during that time, and during that fast, we suddenly had, like, all the money that we needed to do whatever huge million-dollar treatment that we had to do. It wasn't really a million dollars, but it was a lot. Um, like, it was just all these things start to fall into place, and I didn't have my miracle yet, my big miracle. I didn't have my baby. I wasn't pregnant yet, but my, I had my victory I had my victory, and it came before the promise. Jesus healed my heart before he gave me the miracle, and now I see why in the Bible when you read it, and Jesus heals someone, he always talks about or heals their heart condition, and sometimes they're like, why are you doing that? Y'all, it is so important that you are healed from the inside before your outside circumstances may change. It is so important that you can hold on to that complete peace that can only come from Jesus. Um, that's how it started. This is how it's going. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, y'all, we are all children of God and we are saved and redeemed and covered and grace by his blood. He is our shepherd, and he isn't just blindly leading us out of the darkness. He's not just, Jesus isn't just blindly doing this. He went into the darkness to save us, 
He went in. He went through the trials. In Mark 15, 33 and 34, it says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out, I'm not going to try, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He fulfilled the, pro- he fulfilled the promise, prophecy that was spoken in the first line in Psalm 22 whenever he said that. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But it wasn't out of despair like we would, like we would speak, like David was probably speaking. It was because in that exact moment when the darkness came over, Jesus was temporarily separated from God. He was temporarily separated from God because he took on our sins. He took on our pain. He took on everything that we would take on He took it on and was temporarily separated from God. And that pain, being separated from God for just a moment, was more agonizing than the physical pain that he had endured. It was more agonizing than the torture that he went through, the beatings that he took on. Being separated from God was more pain for him than that. And he did that so that we didn't have to experience that pain without God, so that we could be saved, so that we could have victory, so that we could have peace. He took on that pain for us. So imagine going through your situation and trying to do it without God. If that was that agonizing and painful for Jesus Christ, how much more it would hurt us trying to go through something without putting it completely in him. This is not to dismiss what you're feeling or what you're going through. Look, I don't expect overnight for you just to be like, oh, okay, fine, I'll be better. Like, I know it takes time. It takes prayer. I know your pain. I've felt it. I know your struggle and whatever God's calling you to do and how you want to hold back. But you guys, we don't have to live in that. We don't have to. We can have the feeling of confident. We can be confident in our complete trust in God. We can be confident that he has the perfect plans for us. We can be confident that we can rest in green meadows. With complete hope in Jesus, you are protected and you are comforted and you are free from all fear. And that whenever you are consumed by the complete peace, just know that you are loved for all the days of your life. That you you can walk out of here carrying Psalm 23 over you, knowing that you have all that you need in Jesus Christ and in our perfect shepherd. And I just want to take this time because I know that we have people in this church who need a breakthrough in whatever it is or wherever you're at. You need a breakthrough. Um, But maybe you need a breakthrough in your circumstance. Like you're like, I need a miracle today. Or maybe you need a breakthrough in your heart. And I think regardless, we want to pray for that breakthrough in your heart. We want to pray for that peace in your heart. We want to pray that you can find that complete trust and that complete hope in God. And so if that's you, if everyone can stand up, if that's you, I want to allow you to come up here. And I just want to pray with you. Worship team, y'all can come up here if y'all aren't up here. Um, And I just want to pray with you guys. So go ahead and come on up here while we worship and I'll go ahead and close out in prayer because I want you to know that Jesus has got you and no matter what your circumstance looks like no matter what you're going through 
you do have all that you need in him. You really, really do. So we're going to worship. I'm going to pray real quick. Dear God, I thank you again that you are so good, that your promises stand true. And even though we feel like, where are you, God? Why are you not here? We know that, no, you are there, that you've gone before us, that you have laid out our perfect road, and that we may be struggling, but you are carrying us, you are walking alongside us, and that the breakthrough is there, that the victory is there, that the miracle is there, that we are healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we just thank you, God, that we can walk out of here today feeling complete peace in you. God, we can walk out of here today, all of us, covered in Psalm 23, covered in knowing that we have rest in you, we have peace in you, that we are are led by you. We just thank you, God, for all that you do for us. I thank you, God, for C3 Fort Worth. I pray all of this for C3 Fort Worth, every person in this church, God, but I pray it for this church, God, that the things that this church is going through, the valleys that this church is going through will come out of victory, and God, that you will be honored, and that you will be seen in this city, God, and that people will follow you because of what the stories and testimonies that come out of C3 Fort Worth, the stories and testimonies that come out of the people's hearts here, God, that people will see see the joy and the peace, even in the people's circumstances and say there's something different and they can say it's Jesus Christ. They can see him like they've never seen him before through you, through us, God. And so we just thank you for that. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for that, for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.